Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. All that God has for you, His plan, His purpose for your life. Because God wants every one of you here to be an influencer. And that's not my message, though I will touch on some things because... I think at times when you have time out to think about things, we can have a lot of things just skewed. And there's those times when God just unskews us and refocuses us on what influence really is. If I were to ask you this morning, what does it mean to be an influencer? What does it really mean? How many people you got on Facebook or all the rest of it? As you probably realized, I've been off Facebook now for about three months. Not, choose, not intending to go back onto it. Um, and, um, and it's just been refreshing. Um, but what do we think about when we think about influencing? You, you have to be an influencer. Jesus was the greatest influencer of people. But what did he influence us to do? You know, and for your life, what is your life going to count for? And let me say it this way. I believe an influencer influences people to take hold of God's purpose and to fulfill what God has for their lives. And so the thing is this. I read a statement while I've been around. read lots of statements. But I read this one statement. And the person was talking about influencing. And he said that we will, we will give an account to God for the people that we have influenced. And that's all we're responsible for. How have we influenced other people? How have you influenced other people? And and that's a tremendous challenge because one is you have to get hold of God's purpose for your own life personally. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you have to then focus on getting God's purpose for the lives of those who touch your life. And then going beyond that, you then may have a call of God to influence groups of people, like a group being a church, a group being your place of work, a group being the place where God puts you with a group of people and you're going to be placed there to influence them in terms of fulfilling God's purpose because God has a purpose for groups of people. And, and so we have to know these things in our lives because if we don't, life becomes very purposeless, meaningless. And yet if we get hold of this, it doesn't really take much because one is we get to enjoy God's presence more. You know, the, the wonderful thing for me is that, you know, what God says, draw near to me. If you, want, if you want to know more of God in your life, draw near to God. And it says, and he will draw near to you. Isn't that amazing? Not reading more Bible not going to more church meetings, not going to more conferences, all of those things, all of they, they can be helpful. But let me tell you, if you will draw near to God, let me tell you, it puts something attractional upon your life. 
that God cannot help being attracted towards. Isn't that amazing? You know, and yet it's the one thing that we find the most difficult to do. Do you know why? I believe the enemy likes to poison us. And he poisons us in order to say it's not worth it. You see, and and isn't really that what sin is all about? That life is not worth it. It's not worth walking with God. And so what he wants to do, he wants to poison us in order that he brings separation. He brings it in your own personal life with God. He wants to separate that. Why? So that you feel forsaken. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, that's, that's a poison that the enemy wants to put in you in order to say this walk of faith is not worth it. And God extracts the sting, doesn't he? Hallelujah. But that's what the enemy seeks to do. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so he wants to separate, wants to separate your relationship with God. Then he wants to separate you from other people. So it's not worth it. It's not worth getting your marriage together, getting it right. It's not worth it with your place of work, getting that worked out. So you just look for another job, move on somewhere else. But the thing is, you take the poison with you. And so all the time we can all find excuses. You know, the excuse of, well, people, people don't give me much attention. Well, how much attention do you give to God? Because let me tell you, you give your time to God, he will make you attractive. I mean, life becomes very simple. I was only talking this morning. In October the 4th, I'd have been a Christian 50 years. That's a long time, you know? And, and the thing is this, let me tell you. Sometimes you, you move on. I hear other people, other people speaking. But let me tell you this. Finishing well is the main thing. It really is. It isn't about all the accolades we get. It's whether I'm still taking the next step to move forward. And, and listen, we can all do that in our lives. And so today I've got a great message for you. I really have a message that I believe will inspire faith in you. You know, we've heard it, that you know, a number of things have come out. I'm thinking, goodness me, they've already preached my message. I'm just going to, I'm just going to reiterate some of them. They say that repetition is the best form of teaching. So I'm just going to repeat some of the things. We had a word about throwing your robes down. See, what robes are you wearing? It's okay hearing the word, but it's not the hearers of the word. It's the doers of the word that are blessed. Can you see? And listen, because we are a prophetic church, we can get to a point where we can hear them and not do anything about the words that we get. So that what happens is we deactivate, not activate, our faith. And, and so there's that word we had. There was also about stretching our faith. That's another point I had to, to make, about stretching your faith. See, I want you to have your faith stretched today. To go, stretching your faith means you go beyond your present understanding in your walk with God. And we can all do that. You see, and, and the thing is, I find that most people use the Bible as a reference book. It's it's just there for reference. 
You know, we, we read the stories, we read about the life of Jesus, and so we go back to it being reference. And so we can look at the historical Jesus. They are historical facts, and so we use them as reference. We refer back to them. And yet I believe that we have to move beyond reference to affirmation. See, the scriptures are there to affirm truth in our experience. Our experience needs truth affirmed. And if it doesn't, is what happens is we just keep going to the Bible and we read this little bit and that little bit. All of that is good. But let me tell you, it may not affirm your faith. It may not get you to a place where you take hold of God's purpose so that you understand the purpose that God has for your life. And so then you can influence others out of living that life of purpose. It's wonderful. Wonderful. If I had another 50 years, I wouldn't change anything about it. Apart from wanting to seek God's presence more and more and more. So he becomes the first voice that I hear and the last voice that I hear. You know, and it's those things, isn't it? And it's, it's all of those. We're, we're away and Sharon came to, to, um, into the room. I was just reading. And uh, she just leant over and she said, you know, Trevor, which was a great, see, a great affirmation. See? And she leant over and she said, you know, you know, precious, she said that seeing you here, um, you spend hours just studying the scriptures every day. Whether you're preaching or not, you haven't preached for six months, uh, six, six months, six weeks. But she said, you know, but you've been here every day and you've just, you've just got such a desire just to, not just read, but to study God's word. And she said, you know, that's one of the things that I really do value about your life. Affirming, isn't it? Yes. And, and you see, the, those things come out. See, you can't, you can't fool those things. It's either there or it isn't. I said at the beginning of the year. And I'm just giving myself a little bit of a message too. I said at the beginning of the year. It's time to... If you turn a page, God would speak to you every day. I wonder if how many of you, how many of you are on page 215 today? Because that's what it is, 215. And I've got a number of files now, and every day God has spoken. Every day I've spoken to God. See, it's not just about getting up here and saying it. It's getting up here and doing it. And I want that to be what you get hold of. See, because we can say lots of stuff, can't we? And yet, when we get to a point where we're just putting it into practice, just doing it day by day, turning over another page, and saying, God, what have you got to say today? And God says something to you. And sometimes we may not like what he says, and other times we do. And it's great, but... God is a God who's real. And, uh, you know, just read. I'm just throwing some stuff out, you know, this morning. I've just been, just got through it. I'm nearly through Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a hard prophet to read. I mean, probably one of the hardest prophets. That every word that he had was, you know, pouring oil on a fire. 
where people had forsaken God, people were adulterous to worship of God, people had picked out or hewn out new cisterns, all of these things he was thrown in a prison and, uh, you know, took out of there, thrown in prison again. He was given scrolls to write on and the person who he was meant to give it to is all they did. They listened to them. They put them in a little fire that they had burning by the side of them. And so he wrote at them again and they put them in the fire again. I mean, how would we cope? Can you see? And yet that's the prophetic and so often it's just having those exotic words that ring or has a ring about it. But how much do they really influence our lives? Let me ask you, how much does the prophetic words that you've had in, you know, we live in a time today where we have our smartphones, we have recordings, all the rest of it. But how many times do we really get out and start looking at it and saying, God, I need to put this into practice in my life you know because otherwise it's just we're just running after more words and no action and then we realize well it doesn't really have a ring about it and so this morning I've got a great word for you and it's Matthew uh, Matthew Mark chapter uh, 10 I want you to write go there I want to read and it's the story of Bartimaeus. I mean, I, I think I've preached this message a number of times, but God has just brought fresh revelation into it as I've just focused on it. And I, I just felt this was the word for this morning, two weeks ago. You know, I think for somebody, when you've been preaching as long as I have, over the 50 years, probably on average, of five or six times a week, that's a lot of preaching that you've done, a lot of scriptures, a lot of messages that you've made. And, and you get to a point, you say, Lord, you know, is there something new? And so when you're looking to speak, the hardest thing for me is knowing what God wants you to say. You know, because when you know what God wants you to say, you can easily turn to the scriptures and get some reference and some affirmations of, of that. But when you hear what God's told you to say then what it does it has a ring where it can cause faith to rise in people and and that faith can cause you to take hold of something and be stretched beyond your present understanding of where you are today in God and that's what I want for you I want you to go beyond I want you to throw some things off today and uh, and as you, as you do that, I believe God will give you something so that you can see beyond your present circumstance and your present situation. And so the story in Mark 10, verse, um, from verse 46, but it's as Jesus was leaving Jericho. So I'm going to give you some reference as Jesus was leaving Jericho. You see, Jericho is a name of a place that was first mentioned when the people of Israel were going in to take over the promised land. So it's a conquest word. It's a conquest city. It's the first city. And the thing about this city, see, there's some things that don't change. 
there are some things about cities that they have a ring about it and that ring that it has has affirmed it to its history and also to its future destiny. I believe we need to pray for our own town of Dudley and the West Midlands because I do believe there are certain things where it's being held back into its history and therefore it won't come into its destiny. That's why we're here and the places where God is sending some of you. It's to know what it is, is that that God has placed in certain geographical locations. Now this place, Jericho, it's wonderful when you start to look at it. But a couple of things was this. If you go to Joshua chapter 6, it talks there about a city and it says Jericho. It says it was shut up. Nothing went in and nothing came out. So it was a city that was locked up and it was locked up because of fear. There was no faith in that city. See, faith can change everything. It really can. You don't need lots of Bible knowledge. You need faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing is the message that we preach. See, that's what it is able to do. And so it was shut up. Nothing went in, nothing came out. Now, the thing is that Jesus, he's coming on his way out of Jericho. Can you see? He meets a man who's blind. That is, there is no visual going in and there is no understanding of what he's seeing. So here he is. There's a man that is also a picture of Jericho. Some of you could be like that today in the place that you are, that you're shut up. There are certain things about your life that doesn't have an inflow and an outflow to it. And God wants that to change. He really does. He is so committing to, committed to seeing you change your life. Wow. And, and so here in this story of Bartimaeus, and Jericho is, is wonderful really because there's only, there's two men, two men that mentions very specifically, the one is Bartimaeus and the other is Zacchaeus. Both of them are in Jericho. And God changes things. So the thing is here, God this morning wants to change things for you. You see, Bartimus was used to asking for things as a blind beggar. And so in that, by asking for people, he could easily see himself as deserving of other people's generosity because he had nothing. Look at my condition. Look at your condition. When you see what you have to what I've got, I am deserving of something that you have. Isn't that what happens when we walk past the beggars around us in our everyday life? That we feel sometimes compelled, not out of compassion, but we just feel that we're so, we're so blessed and we see other people so un, unblessed, that's a word. We see other people in poverty and we just feel that we need to give them something. And sometimes it can be just to appease our conscience, can't it? But that's what begging does. And here this man was a beggar. And so he was deserving of other people's generosity. But see, when it came to Jesus... 
Something changes. And I want something to change for you today. And so here when he comes to Jesus, we find these words, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Don't give me what I deserve. How many of you really focused in on that word mercy? I'm not just thinking about going home this afternoon or tomorrow in your quiet time. I'm thinking about how many of you just sat down with God just on that word and just say, God, I am just so thankful that you've never given to me what I truly deserve. Huh? And just allowed yourself the time to sit and bask under the mercy of God. Let me tell you, it changes everything. It really does. And, and so, here was this man who was looking for something of other people's generosity, but when it came to Jesus, the one who could give him everything that he ever needed, his first thing he asked for was mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Don't give me what I deserve. And, and so with that, he set something out. Here, his faith was stretching beyond his present understanding. See, that's what faith does. It causes you to be stretched beyond. As I say here, faith always stretches beyond our present understanding. Faith inspires us to follow a vision. But here was a man who was blind with no vision. See, some of you can be here this morning blind because you've got no vision. That is, you can't stretch beyond your present understanding both of your life, both of your situation, and also you can't stretch beyond your understanding of who God is for you. And so you can be blind. And so God wants to stretch us this morning. He really does. He wants to stretch our faith this morning. And to stretch our faith, we need a new revelation from God. See, faith is a revelation. It's not about information. It's a new revelation concerning God's plan for your life. That's what faith gives you for. Gets you to get up in the morning, gives you something to reach out to God for, gives you something to see God's presence. Faith, second thing is the realization that God challenges us on the basis of revelation. You see, if you haven't been challenged by God, I would ask you, when was the last time you really had a revelation from God? Did you hear that? If you haven't been challenged by God, when was the last time that you really had a revelation from God, where God revealed something of himself to you. Can you see? And this, and this is not to get us all worked up. This is to get us to a place of reality so that we can influence people's lives because we know that we have been inspired by a revelation in God to move us forward. Because some people, they just sit back and they just let life pass them by. And so they never have a revelation. And so the third thing is a mindset 
that makes decisions based on the conviction of the vision. Can you see? You make decisions based on the conviction of the vision. And the vision is God's future plan for your life. And so that causes you to be inspired. How inspired are you? On one to ten. When you got up this morning, how inspired were you? Or is inspiration just something that sort of breezes over you from time to time with a nice worship song or not? Can you see? But how inspired are you on a rating of one to ten? Because that will give me an, a little bit of a clue as to how much the revelation that God has for your life has taken hold of you. Are you with me? Yes. See, we can, we can talk about breakthroughs and all the rest of it. But listen, when you're walking with God, every day and every step should be a breakthrough. I mean, it really should. It shouldn't need to be some special event of a breakthrough conference or a breakthrough you know, session. It should be that most breakthroughs come by constantly going through small things. And you, you realize you're in this new place and you think, goodness me, I've broken through. Life is different. I have been stretched beyond my understanding and the mindset that has held me captive. Can you see? See, that's what was happening with this man Bartimaeus. He was sat by the side of the road and in a city where its history was nothing went in, nothing came out, it was shut up. See, God wants to open doors. And the thing is this, he doesn't intend you to open the door because even for Bartimaeus, who is the door? Jesus. He always is the door. And he who enters by me will be saved. And so he goes in and he comes out. So with Jesus, there is always a door of opportunity. There is always a door that can never be shut because he is the door. You read John 10 again, that Jesus is the door. Hallelujah. And that's what he wants for you today. When we talk about God's presence, it should be we're talking about the presence of Jesus. And as we talk about it, as we focus on it, as we get a revelation of him, we realize that he is an open door that we can walk through and we come into a greater space. Why? Because God wants you to be an influence in that space. Because he always wants to increase your influence. I'm not talking about on Facebook or whatever. I'm talking about influencing people so that they can take hold of God's purpose and plan for their lives and live their life for what God has revealed for them. Yes. Isn't that good? Yes. I think it's amazing. <laughs> and so here it says, And they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples with a large crowd were leaving the city. Jesus was making a way. Hallelujah. 
So even when you think Jesus is leaving, he's actually making a way. <laughs> a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, the son of honor, but he was begging, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, did you know that? See, he changes the name. He heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, but he connected Jesus of Nazareth was Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who could get him out of the situation, the one who could stretch his faith. And he began to cry. And we heard that this morning, the shout. See, Jericho was also the first place when they went in to take over, conquest the land, to conquer it. Jericho was the place where they raised a shout. So it has good history too. It's not just shut up, nothing coming in, nothing going out. But there's also, there's also being in Jericho, I, I believe that there was probably still something there. See, that's reference. You, you can refer back. But you see, reference is no good if it doesn't bring an affirmation of faith. And the affirmation of faith was Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Wow. And with that, he led out a scream. And everybody tell, was telling him to be quiet. See, never trust the crowd. Crowds are fickle. Let me tell you, groups of people are fickle. Church, we can be fickle. You may not like me saying that, but we can. Because we can listen to what a group of people are saying and we can live our lives according to what they're saying. Instead of living our lives by the affirmation of our faith. He wanted to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And the crowd was saying, be quiet. You're being disruptive. I'm not talking about shouting out, you know, just making a... I'm talking about a cry that comes from the depth of a person's heart. That's different. I've heard it a few times in my life from an individual as they cried out. And that cry has released something that has shattered the atmosphere. And the presence of God has come. And when it's come, things have been totally Different. See, that's what this is about. It's not being asked to shout a song, but it comes from deep within. And so here he cries out. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. Can you see? Because you'll never put out that type of shout that I've just said. You'll never put that out. And it's not, it's, you know, listen, and I'm not talking about having a shout in worship and being encouraged to shout out. I'm talking about a shout that comes from the depth. And when it comes from the depth, let me tell you, whatever it is that you're in need of, let me tell you this, it will be met by Jesus. Amen. Things will change. And you won't come back the next week or the next year or the year after that there's something that that will cause. See, there is a shout. Remember, I think it was Ken Gott preached a message years ago and the cry that, that stops the presence. See? I'm not talking about a little, Hallelujah, Jesus! 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a deep groan within. And that deep groan within births something new. That's what I'm talking about. But listen, if you need to work up to that, great. Shout hallelujahs to, G- to Jesus. But let me tell you, there is, there is a groan that comes from deep within. And that groan will stop the presence of Jesus. Jesus was leaving, and yet this man caused him to stop. Wow. Caused him to stop. I believe there's things that are going to happen, that there are things that are going to stop from today. And there are things that will move on for you and so here, this person, Bartimaeus, he teaches us so many things. He teaches us how to release the cry that comes from the heart. You know? And, and if you don't know how to cry from the heart, it's okay. Let me help you. If you're in a place of the conflict in your faith this morning... See, this is how we need to understand the scriptures. If you're in a place of the conflict of your faith, that things are just coming against you, let me tell you, you need to read the Psalms, the first book of the Psalms. There's five books in the Psalms. The first is from chapter, from Psalm 1 to Psalm 42. Those are the conflicts. You, you read through them. And, and it's the longing. You, you read, this poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord delivered him from all his distress. Look to him, all you. Because those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. But you see, we don't even know how at times to read the scriptures. And so we just flick around as if it's some promise box, and we flick them over, and hopefully that's the right one for today. Listen, get rid of all of that. And if you've got a promise box, burn it. You know, because it won't do you much good. It'll be more like reading a Christianized version of your horoscope. That's what I think of promise boxes. For all the promises of God, a yes and the amen are found in him, Jesus. But then also, having known the conflict of that, we need to be able to move on to the prayer of faith. If you want to know the prayers of faith, go to Psalm 42 to Psalm 72. That will show you how to pray the prayers of faith. You see, sometimes we don't even know how to pray a prayer of faith. Without using, and listen, don't think I'm getting on it anybody, without using I declare and I, what's the two words? Decree and declare. Listen, that won't get you very far. You see, and we can say these things, but it's all we're doing is we're just muttering a few words. But a prayer of faith is focused in on what God has done in what I'm going through. And so we need the prayers of faith. 
But you see, it goes on from there. And then is the fellowship of faith. How do you move into real communion with God? The fellowship of faith. Psalm 73 to 89. Listen, these are in margins in your Bibles. You'll see them. I'm just giving you some titles for them. And then there's the focus of faith. Psalm 90 to 106. And then... The highest for me is the worship of faith, releasing the song of faith. Hallelujah. We had Tom a couple of weeks ago speaking about the song of Moses, getting a new perspective. Here again, I'm just underlining some of those things, Tom. It's a great message, one of the messages I listened to while I was away. I was blessed by it, Tom. And and so here, the worship of our faith, from there to 150 let everything that has breath praise the lord so it calls us into a place but you see here is bartimaeus see god wants to personally expand you who wants to be expanded by god huh okay are you ready are you ready for the challenge process are you ready for it are you ready for the prayer challenge Are you ready for a faith challenge? Are you ready for an influence challenge? Because those are the ways you'll be challenged. God's not just going to do it for you. He's going to expand you because he wants you to influence other people so that they can take hold of God's purpose for their lives. It's amazing. And God's purpose for their life is that they know the Lord Jesus as their personal saviour. That's where it starts. But also as saviour, we need to take them all the way through until he's king lord of their life and they're living their life knowing the plan and the purpose that god has for them i mean how do you think jeremiah got through what he got through i know the plans i have for you he came from him but you read through i've called you to be a prophet to the nations to tear up and to um, build and he did more tearing than he did building but he did build And the one thing is you read, he was a prophet of restoration. With all that he told people about what God was going to do, his underlying theme, his affirmation was God is going to restore. God is going to bring you back. God is going to restore everything in terms of the fortunes that he's got for your life, the promises that he's made about. God is going to restore it. See, that's what he says. That's what he comes back to all the time. And so here, what about your challenge of faith? See, revelation, a realization that God challenges us on the basis of that revelation. See, he's giving to Bartimaeus a fresh revelation. What's the revelation? Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Nobody's ever uttered those words, but here he is now uttering these words. And here, what he's doing is he's calling out this messiah the anointed conquering king and he's saying jesus you are the anointed conquering king will you conquer my blindness turn it around so that i can see would you do it would you do it would you fulfill what you said that the eyes of the blind, Isaiah 35 verse 5, that day the eyes of the blind will be opened, the lame will leave. Would you cause 
what you are going to do. See, that's the affirmation of faith. And, and that happens. And what it does, it takes hold of you so that your faith is not based on fear. We were talking to um, Bunu yesterday. And um, she's a worker in um, Siligri in India. And they were talking about getting the plans ready for the team going there. And listen, you need to be praying because there's lots, there's lots of opposition there in the natural realm. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But she said, Trevor, what you need to realize is, yes, we need to try and do all of these things in order for permission. But she said, but we're not basing what we do on fear. We're basing it on faith. You see? Because we need faith to go beyond the present understanding, present circumstances and situations. See, you need that. I need it in my life. We need it for the group that's going out there. Why? Because we want to influence people to take hold of God's purpose for their life. The theme for all of the things we're going to be doing is the supernatural glory of God. Listen, it's not just some words I want to see. I want to see the miracle working power of Jesus breaking into people's lives like he wants to break into our lives today. And so here with all of this is that Jesus called to the blind man and he says, cheer up on your feet. That he's calling you, throwing his cloak aside, getting rid of your robe. See, what are you stuck in? See, there's some things that we just have to let go of. What is it that you've been stuck in for years? It's time to let it go. You can, you can go through the whole thing of restoration, healing of the heart, all of those things. But every time you can come back the next day and pick up that old dirty robe and stick it on again. Can't we? It's so easy to do that. And here, he threw off his robe. When, let me ask you a question, when are you going to throw it off? Because only you can determine that. Nobody's going to take it off you. Only you can. Sometimes we wrap it around us like Linus and his blanket. Because it's a comfort. And so, the comfort is that we self-medicate our own pain. Listen, nothing wrong with taking painkillers when you have pain. The problem comes when you're still taking painkillers and you have no pain. That's when you become addicted. Can you see? That's the problem. Ask any doctor. They'll tell you. That's what, nothing wrong with taking a painkiller if you've got pain. It's when you move beyond that and you're taking it, not because you have pain, but because it is your form of relief. See? And when are we going to throw it off? There has to be a time. And it says he's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. Yeah. Jesus didn't take it from him. He threw it aside. And then Jesus said now. And it says here, and he jumped to his feet. He wasn't hesitant. Wow. How hesitant are you? I know I'm challenging you, because that's the process. If you're not challenged, usually we don't do anything. You know, I was challenged by Cindy Jacobs here 
while we've been away, I've got out all my notes of one person who she said, you need to go through your notes. And that was Samuel Reese Howells. I've been going through all of those, giving them to Sharon and uh, saying, look, can we make a whole list of these things, list the scriptures that goes with them? She's working on that with me. Um, but you see, otherwise, it's just a word that was given. Nothing gets done. But to go through and to hear, you know, intercession, prayer has failed. Only intercession can obtain what we require. I mean, that was a word that he said. Also, intercession is the knife that cuts across every cord of self-interest. I mean, that will, that will do a lot of damage in your life. Can you see? But you see, if you don't read them, it just becomes a prophetic, oh yeah, rah, 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 you know? A new prophetic movement. But you see, you have to then get three years of notes, start putting them down into place. See, I'm, I'm telling you this because we can be hesitant because God wants to throw off an old rope. And listen, an old rope can be pastoring a church for 25, 30 years. It can be an old, become an old rope. And you can live in that because it's okay. And it, it brings a certain amount of security into your life. But what happens when you get rid of the robe? See, you have to then need a fresh revelation. But if you don't do anything with the revelation, is what happens, you just get stuck. And you can be hesitant, and you can put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. And then what happens is, it loses its inspiration factor. You know, one thing I'm really blessed with this couple here. They heard God to move out to the Middle East. To work amongst the Muslim group. And they didn't wait. They didn't have all the obstacles. Yes, the family, the job, the, all of those things. But they weren't hesitant. They just said, we're going to do it. Can you see? So it is, it is in this. It is in this ministry not to be hesitant. You see, but you can sit at the side and you have to dip into it and you have to affirm it in your own life personally. Can you see? But it is here, just like Jericho. It did have some good things going for it. It did have some bad things going for it. And, and so here it was shut up. Nothing came in, nothing went out. But it also had a shout that caused, that caused things to come down when God wanted them to come down. Also, it released mercy into the city because a woman put a cord around a little window and that's what caused her and her whole household to be saved. Can you see? There's some great things going for it. But you see, we can be hesitant and not do anything. So we've been, we've been doing something. You know, I'm a doer. I, I love to do. I get revelation out of doing. I see. I see God in the doing. It's okay. It's okay to be a doer. It really is. Don't anybody to pray for me that I become a beer. I know how to be, but also know how to do. Can you see? But we can be hesitant. But it says here, and he leapt to his feet, and what? He came to Jesus. See, he is the only safeguard for our lives. When you get rid of your robe, let me tell you, Jesus presents himself to you in a way 
that he could have never done it while you're in the robe. Wow. And when he presents himself to you, let me, let me tell you, everything changes. Can you just give me my water a minute? And so for us, for you and for me, the faith challenge. See, and I believe that we're in a place where God is wanting to increase our discernment. That's an important thing for you. See, he discerned who Jesus was. Listen, when I talk about discernment, see, there's two ways. There's people, there's people who see demons in everything. And so for them, they see the spiritual reality. Nothing wrong with that, but they see the spiritual, they see demons operating. And that's where we have the whole prayer, warfare, territorial spirit, all those things, which we ascribe to. It's not that it's wrong, but there's also then the physical. See, there's a physical need. And so there's the physical reality. And then some people are just focused on the physical reality. So they're always dealing with the physical. And so what we need is discernment to know what is it that we're actually dealing with. Is it a spirit or is it a physical need? See, Jesus needed to deal with the spiritual, and that was revelation. He needed to give to this man a revelation as to who he was, the son of David, who could have mercy upon his life. Can you see? Now, when that happened, the physical realm was also affected and that broke in and so what happened the spiritual what was holding him back he now gets a revelation of Jesus and getting the revelation of Jesus is what happens the physical was also brought into alignment with heaven are you with me see that is what discernment will do that is what I believe God wants to bring us into a new level of discernment. Remember years ago, Chuck Pierce said to us, Trevor, every new level is a new level of faith. So we want to increase our level of faith. See, faith grows. You've heard me preach that, and I'm not going to do it this morning, but you've heard me preach that message on faith. No faith, little faith, great faith, much full of faith. See, faith is something that grows. And so for us today, so I believe that God is looking to move into inaccessible places in your life. But you need faith to do that. You need a breakthrough today. It's faith that's going to get you through. You need to get out of the place that you are, the inaccessible place, the impenetrable place. See, Jesus makes a way. Because he was on his way out, and as he's on his way out, let me tell you, it says, as soon as he touched Bartimaeus, it says, and Bartimaeus wanted to follow Jesus. Can you see? He wanted to follow the one who was on his way out. See, there's always steps to take. So we move on into all that God has for us. We leave behind our old robes because we don't need it anymore. We don't need what the robe of our past will attract to us. What we need is the presence of Jesus. That is attractive. That will attract all of heaven towards you. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? 
The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. What? What an expression of faith. He didn't say, I need some better devices. I need some better aids. He said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, be it unto you according to your faith. See? What was his faith? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That was his faith. That was his faith affirmation. And Jesus said, okay, you have declared it. Now I will decree it. You understand? You've declared it. I will decree it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, if you say these words, decree and declare, you declared it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. You went from Jesus of Nazareth and you moved to Jesus, son of David. That's a big shift. Did you know that? That's a big shift. And sometimes we don't get those shifts. But he had a revelation. Because he knew that when Messiah came, the blind would see not might see the blind would see wow and so when he was declaring that out jesus said okay now be it unto you according to your faith wow and the man went out this morning as i was preparing and i've heard it again in the worship time i just heard i just heard a stretching going on just something that was stretched and torn. And I said to the Lord, what is it that it is? And you know what the Lord said to me? There are people here and their bodies have become torn. So listen, if you have an area of your life that has been torn, whether it's a ligament, whether it's a muscle, whatever it is, whether it is a retina, all of those things, but something that's been torn, but I could hear the pain of the tear. And God said he was going to heal those things today. Why? Because it hinders you from walking in all that he has for you. And so if you're here this morning, you may be watching online. I believe there's going to be a moment where God wants you to throw hesitancy aside and to step into all that he has for you. Father, I ask that this morning you would deal with every tear every tear that's taken place in these bodies, whether it is through stretching, whether it is from being pulled, something being jarred, whether it is even from operations that there is scarring. Father, we break that off in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that you were going to heal today. And so, Father, would you come? Would you come? Obstructions. I, I just felt, too, that there was malformations malformation cysts and um, spurs on joints can you see if that's you just allow God to minister to that this morning he is the same Jesus as he was is all we're doing this affirmation this morning is we're just taking the Jesus of 2,000 years ago at Jericho into the Jesus of 2000 2023 and in 2023 we're taking that affirmation we're making it an experience in our lives that's all we're doing Nothing more than that. It's just becoming 
experiential in your life. You're just going to experience it today. So, Father, we just break off, break off all infirmity in the name of Jesus. We come against spirits of infirmity in Jesus' name that have latched on to the weaknesses of the stretches that have taken place in people's lives. We come against it right now in Jesus' name. We break its power so it no longer has any power operating in anyone's life this morning, whether you're here in person, whether you're watching online. Father, we break that power this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to declare that you are a good God, that you do set the captives free. Every hindrance, everything that has caused our lives to become inaccessible to your presence and power, we break that off right now. So you're free to receive his power this morning. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.